Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. If you want to tell a lie, make it a big lie and pepper it with small mini lies so men will focus on those small things and leave the larger narrative alone. According to the theory of the big lie, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. But the lie can only be maintained only for such a time as the tellers of the lie can shield people from the truth. The truth is the greatest enemy of those who tell the big lie. An early description of the big lie theory appeared in the writings of Adolf Hitler, stating, Because the broad masses of a nation are always more easily corrupted in the deeper strata of their emotional nature, since they themselves often tell small lies in little matters, but would be ashamed to resort to large-scale falsehoods. Hitler's premise was, Never allow the public to cool off, never admit a fault or wrong, never concede, never leave room for alternatives, never accept blame, Blame your adversary for everything that goes wrong. Claim that oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech are not wrong, but necessary. A good example is the story being told today that the idea that man functions in life on earth quasi to a single-cell creature in a petri dish, and that he will multiply until he eats all that's in the dish, and then, of course, we all die. Yet man is capable of complex change and adaptations. Consider the mortality rate in the Great Famines of India from 1770 to 1943. This is prior to their national independence, and these deaths range from 38 to 58 million people who died from starvation. Their population over the course of that time ranged from 160 to 360 million. Yet today's population is about 1.4 billion, roughly four times the size of that at the end of the famine era. Yet today, India is self-sufficient in food production and has the capacity to meet food requirements in a large part of the world. They are the world's largest producer of bananas, mangoes, guavas, papayas, and lemons, the second largest producer of wheat and rice, and one of the world's five largest producers of livestock and poultry meats. So population growth in the world may not result in the Petri dish effect after all. Interesting. Also amazingly, a free people in India not a communist, dictator, fascist-controlled regime, building and growing, not eating itself to death. A decade into the 5th century, Alaric the Goth sacked the city of Rome. The city sacking should not have been a surprise to anyone. Any review of Rome's actions toward the Germanic tribes on their borders would have equipped any person to predict the destruction of Rome. Despite the church's position and its recognition as the official religion of the empire, Paganism was still strong in the world, and they peppered their story of the cause for the destruction of the imperial capital on Christians, claiming in their big lie that nothing so catastrophic had happened to Rome when the empire worshipped the old pagan gods. So the false idea that the empire flourished only until it embraced the Christian faith gained a foothold in public discourse. St. Augustine's Magnus Opus, titled Against the Pagans, the City of God, provided truth in answering this discourse, stating the same truth we see today. The city of man is founded on self-love, where pride, ambition, greed, and expediency reign supreme. In contrast, the city of God is founded on selflessness and love of God, and in it humility, sacrifice, and obedience are paramount. His great work took 13 years to write and reach the world. 
And the great lie it responded to had ample time to marinate, while virtue remains patient as it could in those days when news traveled slowly. In today's world, the sole focus of human activity and thought are centered on the rapid accumulation of information, with no patience to wait for virtue. As Pope Benedict XVI noted, modernity's obsession with the present has produced a false orientation, wherein man's focus is solely on the now, enslaving him in his own construct of creation. Because man has no anchor from which to safely understand present activity in the world with the context of historical memory and perspective. He has become like a ship, rudderless in a sea of unease. It is the lesson of the fig tree that reminds us God's words are forever, and we must be watchful, unlike the days of Noah, remaining faithful when the Master returns, and have oil in our lamps, and making the most of the talents we've been given. Even though modern man is more capable of complex change and adaptations, the false narrative never cools off. But our journey can be like the seed that grows in the good soil. We just need to work the soil. Truth bears witness against the big lie. As the prophet Isaiah told us, Thus says the Lord, Share your bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed and the homeless, clothe the naked when you see them, and do not turn your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your wounds shall quickly be healed. Your vindication shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am, if you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech. If you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then light shall rise for you in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like midday. The Apostle Matthew wrote down these words of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Our saltiness is found in the plowing, sowing, watering, weeding, growing, reaping, threshing, and milling parables in our lives. We must work the soil, yes, because we must pursue God daily. Yet we know it is God who causes the seed to grow. This does not lessen the significance of our journey towards heaven, even though it can often escape us. Because we see the world at times as a place we are just passing through and possessing a solid brick wall at the end that we will just magically vault over someday by God's grace into heaven. Versus the truth well lived. Where our work in the world can be likened to carrying a stained glass window as best we can and oh so carefully so that through the glass, the world may see Christ's redeeming grace. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum. <laughs>